Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Community Church Podcast. If you find today's episode hopeful and helpful, then please follow or subscribe and then rate and review so that more people can find the conversation. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about gender identity. And frankly, this is a really difficult topic to talk about because of how politically and culturally charged this topic is right now. However, our goal is not to take a political stand or promote an agenda, but rather to understand what it's like for a person to struggle with their gender identity and their faith. The local church should always be the safest place to talk through difficult things, And my hope is that this conversation will lead us closer to compassion and understanding. So my ask of you is that during this conversation, set aside whatever your political stances are and listen with an open perspective as Mia shares her story. This is my conversation with Mia. Hi, Mia. Thanks for coming on to the Ridge Podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Would you mind starting off with just maybe sharing how long you've been coming to the Ridge, maybe how you got connected? Well, I moved up here with my family when I, when I was about 10. So I think that's like about 2012, 2013-ish. Um, and we were looking around for churches. We went to a couple different ones. And when we finally landed on the ridge, we felt right and that we called it home. So we've been going there ever since. Now, did you guys, did you grow up going to church? Like, was it always kind of a part of, of your like story or did that kind of start once you moved? Growing up, yeah, we, me and my sisters, I'm one of, I'm the middle child of three girls. Um, We grew up in a Christian household. It was never forced upon us, but my parents always raised us to kind of learn and love God and have a relationship with him. I do, I think I remember going to church a lot when I was younger. I don't think every Sunday thing, but we definitely were regular churchgoers. Sure. Well, Mia, let me just start off uh, before I know you've kind of had quite the journey over the last few years. And I just want to start off one, thank you for your willingness to be able to share with us. It's kind of, it's, it really is a humbling and honoring thing. So just thank you for being able to share your story. And also, you know, this is a topic that I'll never really be able to truly understand. And, but I kind of want to constantly grow and learn in. And so your story is just so valuable to to help me and, and everyone listening be able to do that. And the second thing is, I there's going to be questions that I, I know I don't have the perfect language for. And so if I ask you questions or if I say something in a way that's maybe not helpful uh, or inappropriate, please feel free to correct me. Feel free to help me learn and understand a better or more helpful way to ask that question. Or if it's a question I just, you know, is, is more helpful not to ask. Yeah. So please feel free to do that at any point. I'm a pretty open book. So, I mean, most questions I don't really mind um, as I mean, most of the time questions are out of like just pure curiosity and in a respectful manner. So I don't really mind. Yeah. Well, so then with that in mind, would you mind just sharing your story and what you've gone through? Sure. I mean, before I share kind of the, the big part of my story, how God saved me from ruining my life, I kind of needed get you there first. So um, I had a pretty good childhood growing up. Um, I was happy. I was healthy. Um, my parents gave me and my sisters the world. Growing up, I had lots of friends. I played soccer. I did well in school. 
Nothing really out of the ordinary. I mean, except that you could say that I was what people would technically call or typically call people nowadays uh, tomboys. Like mm-hmm. I stayed away from or I didn't stay away. I just I wasn't really drawn towards Barbies and princesses and pink and whatever. I like playing with Legos. I like Nerf guns. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. video games. And I was always Team Diego, never Dora. I love the animals. I was so interested. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was totally into that. But I mean, at the end of the day, all that stuff that that doesn't determine your gender. It just determines, you know, what you like, what you're into. I, I'm still a girl. I still was a girl. But around like eighth grade, freshman year, I started feeling pressures from peers growing up around me. My friends started getting into like talking about boys and experimenting with makeup and I tried and I was really bad at it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, like throughout middle school and like elementary school, I was always wearing like sports clothes. I had my hair slicked back in a ponytail every single day. I wore gym shoes. I didn't really care what I wore. I just my 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 favorite time of the day was gym class, you know, recess, yeah. whatever. That was my thing. But around eighth grade freshman year, I started feeling that pressure. So I kind of changed my style. I tried the makeup. I, I had boyfriends. I hung out with a totally different crowd. And, you know, it was still me. I, I liked it. I was playing soccer in high school. Um, I finally made varsity my sophomore year. And, yeah, there was nothing really, nothing crazy. But sophomore year, I, I broke up with my boyfriend. And that summer, like, I labeled myself as, like, bisexual. When it comes to sexuality, people like to say, like, it has nothing to do with being transgender. but I mean, most of the time, these people were just, or these, yeah, they're they're afraid of or ashamed of their sexuality or being gay or being lesbian or whatever it may be. And at the time when I was kind of figuring myself out and kind of, I guess you could say, experimenting with what I liked and what I didn't like, I got called things. I got called like lesbian or dyke or something. And I just, I think that really hit me in a way that I didn't like it. I didn't like feeling like, like I was different from someone hmm. and yeah. I figured, I think, I think a lot of people do like, they'd rather be a straight member of the opposite sex than be themselves and be labeled as like gay or something. So end of sophomore year, I was still me starting junior year. I had a girlfriend at the time. I, I was getting increasingly like felt ostracized um, and ashamed of it growing up Christian. Like it, it's not something that's like, typically celebrated or anything it's Hmm. like i know what the bible says about it you know man shall not lay with man as he lays with woman and just growing up you know how god created man and woman to be but i couldn't ignore how i really felt how i was truly feeling Mm -hmm. and so i was really confused and i never really opened up about it with my parents or really anybody and then looking at social media growing up those trans influencers and stuff like that I think it kind of got into my head. And then I, I, I was like, I, they feed you like lines and they try to piece together parts of your past. So it's their same story. All the stories, mm-hmm. they seem kind of similar. So my story, I, I put it together in a way where it's like, I was always like all the, the tomboyish or whatever masculine uh, behaviors or habits I had that wasn't like typically super girly or feminine that meant I was transgender. That meant I was supposed to be a boy. I was born in the wrong body. And as those little lies built up, it became my reality. And 
I finally told myself, this is who I was meant to be. So I came out to my girlfriend first. She was the first person I told and she a hundred percent supported me and it all went downhill from there. So mm. junior year, we had the coronavirus. Um, the last few months we did all online. Everyone was quarantined. Everyone was at home. Um, a lot of people like I used to deny it. I'm like, no, no one got bored and just decided to become trans. But I didn't realize that that happened to me um, mm. where the hooks really set in. I came out to people at school. I started going by a male name. I I started a new job so I could start there as that male name. And as soon as like teachers and staff, coaches and peers around me uh, started calling me that, the hooks really set in. And there was no turning back from there. Junior year or senior year, sorry, um, I even played football, which looking back, I really regret because I played soccer as, a, as mm -hmm. a female. I was grew up playing soccer with all my friends, and the coaches always asked me to kick for them, to be the kicker, punter. And looking back, if I just did that as myself, I could have actually focused on, you know, playing the sport and actually might have actually, you know, played some games and yeah, really enjoyed it. But um, I, I did a lot of things for the wrong reasons. I, I know a lot. I made people uncomfortable. I turned 18 January 28th of my senior year. And February 16th, I took my first shot of hormones that quickly. So, I mean, there really were no restrictions. There was no holdbacks. There was this all happened so, so quickly within yeah. within the span of a year or two. Um, and that's where um, I believe the term rapid onset gender dysphoria would come from, where it just comes so quick. It's a trend. It's so catchy. And so I was on that. And then March of my senior year, I moved out. I lived with a different girlfriend I had at the time. And after I graduated, me and her got an apartment. Um, I was on the hormones for a year. My life fell apart. I, I gained so much weight. I was eating the wrong foods. I wasn't taking care of myself in any shape or form. And this whole time, my relationship with God was so estranged. I pushed him away. I ran from him. I ran from truth that I knew to be true because I was chasing the life that I thought I wanted and the life that I thought I was meant to have. There was a situation that happened with my ex that I lost my apartment. I lost, I had two cats at the time. I lost everything. I lost where I was living. I couldn't go back home because I was taking the hormones and that just my parents weren't comfortable with that at the time and we didn't know how to go on about this. So I was an adult. So I was on my own and I was staying with a friend for a little bit and it was just not, not a good situation. And this is where the cool part is, is um, where God called me home. I heard little whispers and that was shortly after I turned 19 last year. I heard little whispers. I was working I was in, you know, one of those people in Walmart that asked you about your cable and internet. And I was yeah. like, what am I doing with my life? So I go to the bathroom to take a break, you know, just clear my head. And I swear that the radio that Walmart would play faded out. And I heard a woman, like an angelic voice singing, what a beautiful name it is. Like mm. crystal clear. And I was like, what? And I walked out of the bathroom and then it faded out and the radio was back. And I, it, it, she sang it over and over and I, I thought I was going crazy. And I was like, no, that can't be. A couple of weeks later, another situation happened. I had a car, like a Bluetooth transmitter, and I was messing with it. And the, the static was going. And 
crystal clear channel came through and it was a Christian radio. I don't remember the words word for word, but I do remember going along the lines of God loves you. God is calling you home. It is not too late. He forgives you and he loves you. And I mean, you could put it as a coincidence. Maybe it was, but I feel like God definitely has a way of making those coincidences happen. Yeah. And um, so that summer of last year, when I was 19, I started coming back to my faith. I talked to my parents about it. And I never really thought I would get off those hormones. You know, they, they, you're on them for life. You sign yeah. up, be a lifelong medical patient. And I stopped taking them last year. I came back home. My parents let me come back home and my life has been never better. It's just changed radically in the best way possible. Um, I got baptized at the Ridge October 16th of last year. And that was the greatest day of my life. And it was so special that my mom got to be the person to baptize me. And so we'll always have that special bond. I actually also baptized a friend of mine who was alongside of me the whole time. And wow. he's been super supportive. So yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What? Thank you so much for sharing. That's what a story. What a journey. Yeah. That's wow. I imagine that, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of weight and there's a lot of hardship that comes with just being able to share and verbalize and process through all that. But, um, it also sounds like you're in a place right now where you're just like, I just hear a lot of joy in how you talk at the end. Is that, is that fair? I've, I've never felt more myself mm-hmm. and, and yeah. that is so freeing. I thought I was being myself. I thought I was doing what God wanted me to be or what I thought God wanted me to be. But his true plan prevailed and I've never felt my, more myself. Yeah. W- would you mind, so maybe you could share a little bit about like how some of these kind of things affected you. So without sharing names, I- I'm sure you had lots of people and you mentioned it in your story, you know, kind of sharing opinions, advice with you. What were people at, you know, at school, at home, online, like, what were they saying? Well, online, I never really got into those, you know, online groups or forums, but I did closely follow, you know, those trans influencers and I'd watch a, you know, YouTube, TikTok, whatever platform at the time. And that's where I got a lot of my ideas and stories from and kind of made it my own story in my own way. But um, people at school, they didn't really say anything to my face. Because society nowadays will tell you that you're you're wrong, you're a bad person for speaking against that or not supporting it. But I know people talked. I've I've heard the whispers. I've heard things online. I I know people have talked, but they're just they don't say it to your face. At home, I mean, I can't complain with that because my parents, my family, never lied. They were always straight up with me, and I think that's. I think that's what saved me. I mean, God saved me, but I couldn't have done it without my family. But at the time, things got really rough before I moved out. We were fighting a lot. I I just wasn't in the right mental space to make any good decisions. So you kind of mentioned that as you were, you kind of were looking back upon your history, right? And seeing these moments where like, oh, I didn't necessarily fit into gender stereotypes, right? Like, you know? Uh, and so for you, it almost felt like there was like a con that was like a confirmation or like that was kind of some of the language that you used to, um, kind of reinforce how you were feeling. 
was that like happening with your conversations with people? Were you talking it through at all with them? Or was it something that was mainly kind of self with like online, like searches kind of driven? I kept, I kept this all to myself. I, and I think that's, I went about it all the wrong ways. I was not, I would like to say that I was like super open with everybody and I just showed my true self. But at the time I I mean, social media, it's, it's all a lie. People show what they want to show the good sides, but a lot of this, this is, it's scary. It's evil. It's dark. Um, you're alone. You feel conflicted with everything. And it was truly an internal battle through and through. Um, yeah, it, it was not all sunshines and rainbows the way that people will like to make it out to be. Yeah. So, so you mentioned your parents' response is like, what, what was maybe some of the things they did that was helpful for you? And what do you wish maybe they had done differently? Done differently? I don't think very much. I mean, we always talked about going to a Christian therapist. And at the time, I would joke about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll go with you guys. I'll, yeah, let's do it. Let's sign up for someone. But I, I, I was not serious at all. And looking back, I wish I would have taken them up on that because yeah. I, I feel like I could have avoided a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. But I mean, everything they did is exactly what a parent should do. They never let me forget that I was loved and that they're here for me. And that if I ever needed anything, if I was like, you know, homeless or needed money, they were always here for whatever I needed. They always encouraged me to see and have that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And they, they never, they never pushed me on the wrong path. They never, a lot of parents nowadays will, they, they follow that model, um, affirm, not support. Mm-hmm. And they'll just, they'll tell you what you want to hear and they'll agree with you. My parents, they supported me, but they made it clear that they did not agree with it. And I think that that really helped me get back to where I was or yeah. where I'm now. How did you, how did you like respond like in, in those moments where they're like, did you take their lack of agreeing with you as though like it was condemning you or did you kind of know the whole time that you were loved? I, I knew I was loved, but in the, in the moment, I, this was a reality to me, you know, this was, this was my truth, you know, this is who I was meant to be, you know? Um, so I was pretty snarky. I thought I knew I'm more than them. I was like, yeah, you're just ignorant. Um, you don't know what you're talking about. So I brushed it off as just, you know, they don't know what they're talking about and you know, they love me, but they they'll just never understand me when in reality it was quite the opposite. They, they they saw it all for what it was, and I was so blinded by my own desires that I didn't see it the way it was. Yeah, so if you'd mind, would you like share, like you're talking about like the desires and like what you wanted. Was that out of a desire to like fit into this image that you thought was like the right image, or was that out of this desire like, oh, I just want to be true to myself, or what was what was that like? I think I was so uncomfortable being called, you know, those terms when I came out as it was kind of gradual, but very quickly. Um yeah. came out first as bisexual, you know, testing those waters. Then I came out oh full gay. I, I only I only liked other girls. And then and then at that point, like friends and other my sister's friends or whatever, they would call me like those words or I heard those names thrown around like lesbian or dyke, and I just felt so ashamed I felt ugly and I was so guilty of you know choices I'd made and coming out I'm like I should have just never said anything 
I was not proud of myself at all. And I was like, you know what? And that's when the whole transgender thing kind of became so big. Yeah. And I fell right for it. I became a victim of it. Um, I was like, if if I was just born a boy, I could like girls and there would be nothing wrong with it. No one would turn ahead. I could play football. I could do all these things that I was very interested in, but I could do it the right way, you know? Do you feel like you faced less like pressure once you like came out as transgender during that time? Yes. Um, I never felt like super supported in either, but I felt more socially accepted if I was just appeared as a guy. I was I would never be a male. Um, but I believe in my head I felt more comfortable presenting a certain way. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so during this journey, you kind of mentioned some of it, but how are you feeling like God viewed you and, and how are you viewing God? Like, well, what did you think he thought of what you were going through? Honestly, I didn't really think about it at all. Um, I ran from it. I, I pushed him away so much. I pushed my family away and I ran from the truth. So during those times where I was alone and everything was going wrong is when I was not with God. I was not walking with him. Um, I was totally going off on my own path. And I think that's another thing that went so, so wrong is I never, I never talked to God about it. Now contrast that with how you feel now. I've never felt closer to him. I started doing daily devotionals and my relationship with him has just flourished and it's continuing to, and I'm starting to see what he had for me in -hmm. store. And it's such a beautiful thing. It's so cool to see what my life was meant to be. Yeah. I'm curious, what, what advice would you have given yourself like during it? Like, I know there's probably like some simple stuff, like, like you'd probably prefer if you hadn't done that stuff, but is there any stuff that you would share that you think would have been impactful for you on your journey? I mean, for sure. I I wish I slowed down. Um, I kind of went hundred miles an hour. This all happened within a span of like four or five years. I mean, this all happened within the four years that I was in high school and then a little bit after, but I wish I slowed down and took the time to really think, but, and maybe if I thought about it a little more and consulted, you know, a a therapist, a a good therapist, not one of those people that'll just prescribe you right away or affirm you. I thought I was a hundred percent vulnerable and open with my parents, but I, I think I was just lying to myself and I read something somewhere and it, it's so, so true. It's, it's easy to lie when you lie to yourself. And after years and years of lying to myself, it just became, you know, the reality you live a lie. Yeah. And, um, the, the biggest thing, the number one thing that I wish I did differently, I wish I didn't run from God because that is when everything went wrong. Yeah. That started there. Um, because I was ashamed of it because I was going against what the Bible says. And so I didn't like the truth of what I was, who I was and what I was. And so I ran from it. So Mm -hmm. I wish that I walked with God through this. You talk about like having those moments where you're lying to yourself and I'm sure anybody can, can connect with this idea of lying to yourself. But uh, for you, was there a moment when you kind of realized, oh, I have been lying to myself? You know what? There is a crystal clear moment that I remember last year. 
I was living in my my friend's and it was like a farmhouse attic and it was it was so hot it was like 90 degrees there was no AC I just felt miserable I was on those hormones still um I woke up one morning and I literally woke up and I was like what am I doing to myself I, I had never felt like that before. And I it, it hit me all at once. I was like, the past three years of everything I did to myself, did to my family, just all those negative feelings of shame, regret, um, embarrassment, it all hit me. And I, I just broke down and I couldn't believe that I did that to myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like I lost the last few years of my life. And it was the worst feeling, but I feel like I needed to get hit that hard for me to wake up and realize what God had for me. And I I truly believe that I had to lose everything so I could gain God's kingdom. That is a a hard, but a really powerful journey. Wow. I, so as you were, you kind of, you mentioned this idea that like you were going on this path and like once you had started uh, taking hormones that you felt as though you couldn't stop them, right? Uh, was that kind of just a further continuation of that uh, kind of self-talk and like untruth? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, as I mean, everyone knows when you take those hormones, a lot of the the changes that happen are irreversible. So you know that you're aware of it. So you think when you start taking them, hey, I'm going to be on this for the rest of my life or for a very long time till I'm unrecognizable. You know, you want to change everything about you because you've learned to hate everything about you. And so you want to change it. Um, and so that's where those lies come in. What do you, what do you mean when you say, cause I think this is really a hard, but like, I think a powerful concept. What do you mean you learned to hate everything about you? I mean, this is, this is taken off so quickly with social media and those trans influencers and everything online. I mean, the the it, the cause of the rapid onset gender dysphoria and how easy and quick it is to get access to those hormones as soon as i turned 18 i walked into a planned parenthood i had like a 30 minute conversation with the license and i was prescribed it they didn't do any deep psychological investigations i told them what i learned online would get me the hormones get me what i wanted and i walked out with a prescription i had letters mailed to me for approval for the hormone starting. I had approval to legally change my name and gender. What was the response like when you kind of started telling people that you weren't transgender? I mean, my my parents were ecstatic. I mean, there was a lot of emotional conversations where when I was coming home and coming back to myself where I'd just cry and I'd ask, well, you know, why, why did I do this to myself? And, and that was just me beating myself up about it. But when I finally began to accept you know, what what had happened and that it's not too far gone. And mm-hmm. I mean, as you could tell, God has restored me a little bit. Yeah. I, I'd like to say a lot more than what it was in the past, but we were beyond joyful. I mean, the conversations that I have with my parents now are incredible. They're so deep and thoughtful. And I mean, I couldn't have done it without my parents, but they also said that I had armies praying for me. Mm-hmm. So I I would love to thank each and every person that prayed for me because they played a part in saving me. Yeah. How about the response? Like, was there, was there any negative response that you faced from saying you were no longer transgender? No. And, and I think that just 
solidifies the fact that no one really saw me for how I thought I looked. Hmm. Um, I thought I was, you know, so macho and so whatever, what I wanted to be perceived as. Um, In reality, like no one saw me as that. And as soon as I came back and I detransitioned and I stopped with the hormones and I became myself again, um, that that just solidified the fact that like no one saw me for that. And so no one, there was no negative reaction. I mean, that sounds like it was, gosh, it was all positive. That's so good. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine there was just like this tremendous relief as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it was the biggest weight off my shoulders that I didn't know I was carrying until mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. It, so if someone, and I'll say someone you knew well, right? Because this is probably going to be somebody that uh, would trust you in order to be able to like talk you through these things. But and they shared what they were that they were going through something similar that you went through. How would you respond and kind of walk them through that situation? Well, if if someone I knew well, or honestly anyone, um, came up to me like that, I mean, I'd a hundred percent be there and support them. But I would also tell them the truth, you know, be honest with them. I share my past experiences and what I've been through, but, you know, try to, try to help them see what this whole thing is really about. Um, I, I ran from my truth and I would like to talk with them, you know, take them under my wing and really help them find out what's really going on. Because ultimately that's, that is what will change you. What would be some maybe questions that you would ask somebody who is struggling in a similar thing, in the similar way that you were struggling, that you would want them to consider before kind of making any decisions or before they were moving forward with anything? I'd ask them what what what's wrong with you? What what don't you like about you right now? Hmm. Because in reality there there is nothing wrong with me. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with those that are that are listening in and and you know maybe they're in one of two places one they're in a place where this is where they're considering something similar or they they have transitioned or um you know a parent of somebody who has has transitioned or is considering this is there anything that you would you'd want them to know yeah, I mean, if if there's anyone that's listening um, that is having those thoughts or those feelings, or maybe you're just curious about this, um, I'm always open to sitting down and talking to anybody about it or just, you know, answering any questions that you may have. Um, I mean, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've asked God to use me as a witness. And if this this is his way of giving me that, that you know, that access to, to help those, to reach those who need it. Um, I'm always happy to sit down and talk with somebody. And if there's one thing that I want everyone to know is that there is nothing wrong with you. You have been fearfully and wonderfully created by the hand of God. He doesn't make mistakes. And uh, John, he didn't make one with me. And I know that now. I I do want to thank my mom and my dad and my sisters and the army of people that I had praying over me um, because I wouldn't be here without you guys. So thank you and God bless you. Thank you, Mia. Thank you so much for for sharing with us, and and we are blessed to hear your story and and your willingness to just to just share what you went through and and how God has just kind of walked you through your whole journey. So thanks for sharing and and thanks for helping us understand more of of your journey and uh, what you went through. Of course.
Well, that was my conversation with Mia, and I just want to thank her again so much for being willing to share her story and her journey and to help us learn and understand. You can find resources on this topic in our show notes, and if this is a topic that you or someone you are close to are struggling with, feel free to reach out for prayer or to have a conversation with the pastor at The Ridge. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ridge Podcast, and make sure to follow and subscribe so that you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations.